following live session recording, Linda Wilkins, State Missionary in Communications with Georgia Baptist Mission Board, talks about 2019 social media trends. There's a lot that can change in a short time in the fast-paced world of social media. This session will cover the trends in social media networking in 2019 and beyond, as well as how we can apply social media to support the work of ministry in our churches. Let's join Linda now. Basically what we're going to talk about are the trends. And trends are based on how the people act on social media. So this is basically a study of how people have used social media and uh, what we think they will use it for in the future and how they're going to use it. So we're going to touch on five different things. And as, as I go, if I use a term that you're like, what does that even mean? You stop me and ask because I can be very involved in this world and I don't want to use terms that are very tech or social media or millennial or anything like that. Um, so we'll talk about those trends and then we'll get into a little bit of discussion here. So before I go to this first slide, does anyone know what the word ephemeral means? Great. It is temporary content. So this is a major trend. So if you have seen Facebook stories, Instagram stories, or you know about Snapchat, the content that goes through those uh, channels is ephemeral content. It's temporary. It's not intended to stay there for a long time. So if you post something to a page or on Twitter or on Instagram, that's intended to stay there for a while. You have the option to delete it, but you have to manually go in and delete it. This kind of content comes and goes on its own. So uh, these are available on the ones I just named, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. Uh, Snapchat is built on the idea of temporary content. How many of you have ever used Snapchat? Okay, so you know that you can chat with someone and then when you look at it, you navigate away and you go back, it's gone. It is, it's, it's, it's gone, you don't get it back. Um, now Facebook and Instagram stories are a little different because you can always tap and rewatch that, but it's only gonna last for 24 hours. So what are the benefits of this kind of content? Well, younger audiences love it. This is where they're living. They love the temporary content because, well, uh, they could say something and it's gonna disappear. But it's also real, it's in the moment, it's very authentic. And there's also a little bit of that fear of missing out. Y'all, Have y'all heard of FOMO? I think there are some commercials that use that a lot. Um, what is it, the FOMO BOGO sale, like the shoes? I don't know if y'all have seen that commercial. Uh, but basically, it is uh, the fear of missing out. So you can use this kind of content for posting frequently throughout the day. And people, once you kind of get them used to knowing that new content is going to be there, uh, they will come back to see your new content because they expect it. So it's not like going to the page where they're like, oh, okay, well, I've already seen the tweets for the day or the posts for the day. Uh, instead, this is content that you can do on the fly. So like me, when I got here to go Georgia, I was just walking around taking some behind the scenes videos, um, getting our staff to do like little dances to like a boomerang on Instagram. 
and I could post that immediately, right? But I know that tomorrow, that's gonna be gone by 10 a.m. That'll be off of there automatically. I don't have to go in, I don't have to do anything else with it, but it's real, in the moment, authentic content, and that's what's drawing some younger audiences now. And like I said, it is very easy to do. Uh, one thing that's really cool about Instagram and Facebook is kind of picking up on this, which makes sense because Facebook owns Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, but Instagram, you can create a poll so they can go to the story and you can ask a question. Like I think I use for our Go Georgia promotions, are you registered for Go Georgia? Yes or no? And then you can see live how people answer and it'll give you statistics on how many people have seen it, how many people answered, so that's nice. Um, but it could be anything like a, like a contest, like um, we did something last year with our Christmas contest through stories. Um, you can do event updates. You can do, um, like if you're with a church, uh, this is the pastor studying for today, or you know, just those, those quick little things. Um, this is what our, you know, we're worshiping today, or, um, you know, start your day off with like a cup of coffee if your church has like a, a little coffee bar or something like that. There are all kinds of things you can use um, stories for. You guys have any questions about that? About this temporary content? Okay. So the next thing that's actually really big because this has affected mission board strategy uh, for social media is the rise of Facebook groups. How many of you know the difference between a Facebook page and a Facebook group? You do. Would you mind sharing? If I have it right, I mean a page is like a store page or um, somebody's page, but a group is an actual group that you join, you're a member of. It mm -hmm. can be private or it can be public, it can be hidden. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's exactly it, exactly it. So pages are always public. Um, pages only you as an admin can post in the as the page no one else like Linda Wilkins cannot go post as Linda Wilkins on the mission board page I just can't do that but we have a communications ministry Facebook group and Linda Wilkins can post as Linda Wilkins in that group so the purpose of groups is really to create that intentional conversation it's all about engagement and it's all about discussion, and it's all about the community. Mark Zuckerberg, about a year and a half ago, uh, he made an announcement and it kind of rocked the marketing world a little bit, because he said, hey, we know we're making people mad. And we have decided, you know, people are getting mad at fake news, news in general, uh, fights happening on pages, or just seeing um, things that make them sad, and people are stopping going to Facebook. So here's our solution. Pages are no longer going to be seen as often, like your people who follow your page are not gonna see it as often. Instead, we're going to promote Facebook groups. So if you join a group or you create a group, guaranteed your people are gonna see your content. So that's why Facebook groups are so popular. In fact, um, on the Facebook app, there is a button for Facebook groups specifically built in. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yes. We're back. If you will approve my post in our communications group page, then we're back seeing an audience. I can do that. And right. If you want to share it into the main page, that's fine too. Sorry okay. to interrupt you, buddy. So is it 
in the in the group or on the page? It started in the group. Okay. Maybe I need to get off the Wi-Fi. Well, you're an admin. It should have gone automatically. Oh, well, then it might be the um. Ah, I see it. I got it. Pending post. All right. So the benefit of a group um, is that anyone has the ability to post, meaning you have a bunch of conversation starters. But as an administrator, you can say, um, yes, I, that post is clear, that's good to go. Or you can say, no, I re that really should not be posted. Uh, so you can set up rules for this group. So you can make sure that people aren't going crazy. Um, you know, if they're, like if it's a church group and you want to make sure someone's not sharing something really personal um, and you want to protect people a little bit, you can say, I'm not going to approve your post. And the cool thing is groups allow you to message people directly. So as a page, you can't talk to people unless they talk to you first. They have to comment, they have to message you uh, first before you can respond back to them. But in a group, you can start a conversation with anyone. They join the group, they've opened that door. You can message them and say, hey, did you know we've got an event coming up? Hey, did you know you were looking for kids volunteers? Or did you know, um, or I saw your last post, thanks for doing that. You know, you, you can start any kind of conversation in a group. Uh, so you're gonna see more engagement. Anyone can post. You can control who joins the group. I've had some spammers try to join our group and uh, you know, I can say, oh, I don't think their intentions are right. Um, it can do almost anything a page can do. You can go live, you can post images, video, um, just you can link, but you cannot do ads. So if that's something that your page was doing, uh, you cannot do Facebook ads. So for the mission board strategy, hi, welcome. Uh, for the mission board strategy, what we had and what we realized was we had a whole bunch of pages, one for every ministry, but we also had the Georgia Baptist Mission Board page. So we're like, okay, well, we're dividing our audience a little bit. Why don't we rein it in? And why don't we create groups where we can have that intentional conversation? So when I say it has shaped the way we are doing our strategy at the mission board, that's what I mean. We're, we're taking down all those other pages and we have one page where we can do ads, where we can post, where we can do announcements, and then our conversations are happening in these Facebook groups. So I can actually show you. Yes. In fact, groups actually have their own story, too. So you can add to, um, I'll show you. Let's see if I have it. That is not what I wanted to do. Nope. Okay, so this is the mission board page, and this is the story here, and you always know there's new content because it has the circle around it. If you see like a profile picture, like even for your own Facebook page, if you see a profile picture without it, that means there's nothing on their story. But the circle means there's something new. So we have our groups here, and we're still building this out. This is a recent change for us. And you can see all the groups that are connected here. So we've got one that's focused on youth ministry. We've got one that's focused on communications, Georgia Baptist Kids, 
men's ministry that are all uh, housed under this page. And the cool thing about a group is that you don't need a page to have a group. You can just start a group. Uh, so that's nice too. So the communications ministry group, and y'all are going to see a little, I'm not sure what you would call it, but okay, there's the Vimeo link. Okay. So this is what a group looks like. So as you can see, the layout is slightly different from a page. Um, you've got all of your options here, your discussion. I can see who's a member, videos, photos, files. I like that because we like to share files about changes, you know, with technology or even my PowerPoint from today. I can upload it directly to the group and then people have access to it. I don't have to email it. You know, we don't have to do the back and forth. It's just right there. So that's cool. Um, but you can also see group insights. So I can see who's the most active in the group. Um, I can see um, how many people have interacted with certain posts. So that's a really neat thing. Uh, and I don't think I have added to this story, so it's not going to show up here. Um, but the cool thing is anyone can add to a story. So if y'all wanted to say, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in the social media, training session at Go Georgia, and you're in this group, you can add it to our story. And there you go. How would you add to a story or start a story? Mm -hmm. um, I think that might actually be available on mobile. Okay. That's going to be a mobile thing for groups. Since we haven't used it in a group, I'm going to make sure. I have a page. See, I have... It is new for groups. Um, just like in a group, uh, you can post, and some groups are going to have the option to categorize this post. So I could hit the drop-down menu here, and some groups have the option of saying, let me categorize this so I could tag it as video or training, and that'll show up over here. But as you can see, our group doesn't have that. But we do have a group that does, so let me show you that. Do I have to join the group in order to see what's going on or just join the group? It depends. Group? It depends on what the group is. So if it is open, like uh, public is the term, then you can see the content. Uh, you can see what's going on in the group and you can make a decision on whether you want to join. If it's closed, all you'll see is this top picture here. You would just see this top information and I think you would see the description of what this group is so then you could say oh well you know it's it's closed I don't know if I want to join it but more often than not like our um, Georgia Baptist ministers wives group is closed because they share prayer requests or issues or things they don't really want to be public right uh, but if it's something like Georgia Baptist kids well this is training for everybody anyone involved in kids ministry so there. So would you recommend a church have both a, a general public page and a group page? I would recommend that you have a church page where you can post events, announcements, things that you want the community to see happening at your church. And then I would recommend that you do have a group specifically for your church members. And that's where you can have that more intentional conversation and maybe plan things or share prayer requests. So it's not public, um, but that's really dependent on your church, too. And would, um, I think if you go to the Georgia Baptist public page, 
Mm -hmm. See all the groups? Yes. So the good thing about pages is that you can have as many groups as you want to listed under it. So it's just a tab on the side here. So groups, and then you can see all the groups related to it. So I know my church has a page, and then they have groups. So they've got the adult Sunday school group, the salt and light class, the kids ministry. And so people can go through and say, well, I've got kids. I want to join that group, or I'm in the salt and light class. Let me join that. So they can make a decision based on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on Facebook is still building out groups. So some of those features, like the story or categories, which is what I was going to show you. Let me see. Where did it go? Well, of course, it's not going to show up now. Hmm. Okay, I'll look at that later. But ideally, there is a a way to categorize the post. But it's not on every group yet. That's a Facebook problem, unfortunately. To be so big, they have so they have they some issues. Often. They change, they change so often. often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. How yeah. often do you need to post stuff in order to keep people engaged? So for a group, it's a little bit easier because anyone can post, and those conversations should happen on their own. Um, I would recommend posting at least once a week in a group and start those conversations because once you get your people trained to go to that group and know they can ask questions or post a Bible verse or you know whatever they want to do then they'll do that now on a page it has to be a little bit more active and you know that you're not going to reach as many people unfortunately because um, that's kind of the general public there so I would recommend three to five times a week um, because of the size of our organization and the content that we have coming through, we do at least one to two times a day to keep the page active for us. Um, but that's also based on your content. So if you've got uh, you know, a lot of events coming up or um, you want to ask for public prayer requests or you know, whatever it might be, you might have more content but know that takes time to create too. So it's also dependent on how much time you have because as many accounts as you have, like if you have a Facebook page, a group, a Twitter, an Instagram, or LinkedIn, whatever it might be, that's time that you have to commit to making sure they're active. So I normally caution against starting more than you're really able to do well. Um, which is one reason we're also scaling back our social media presence a little bit for the mission board. Do you have any more questions about groups at the moment? We're, we can always jump back. Okay. So let me... Oh, I hit play from start. That's alright. I can click this. Um, so we talked about that. that. Alright, so I mentioned the ads. One of the other bit biggest trends happening is that organizations are expanding their budgets to allow for more ad purchases through social media. And unfortunately, it's because of that same Mark Zuckerberg announcement that now pages aren't going to reach as many people unless you pay for it. So unfortunately, those costs are only going to go up. Uh, we've seen that already with some of the ads we've tried to run. And there are a lot of parameters on the ads too, so they're a little bit more difficult to get published as well. Um, so there's a way 
to do Facebook and social media well without doing an ad. Um, all it takes is that quality content and attention, so you have to nurture it a little bit more uh, without an ad, and you also want to make sure that your ads are effective. So there's definitely a lot that goes into making sure an ad is going to reach the people that you want it to reach. Um, there are a couple of different ways you can do ads. You can boost a post. Um, so like you post something and then you see that boost this post button. That's an easy way to do it. Um, there's an ad center now on Facebook pages that you can go to and allow you to create an ad, which will go directly to, you can say, I want to get likes on my page. I want to promote this event. I want to get people to go back to my website. You can do all kinds of different things um, with an ad that way. But the really big organizations are going to use Facebook Business Manager. And I myself have not gotten into that as much as it is a complicated platform. And that is my opinion right here. That, that, that's my opinion. Um, you can create an ad and there, there are a lot of different options. Like it's really dynamic once you get in there and you learn it, but it is challenging. So when we talk about time consumption, that would be a time consumer right there majorly. So the next biggest trend is videos. Videos are where it's at on social media. I'm going to take a second and I'm going to plug a session that's happening tomorrow um, in this room. And John Graham back there is actually going to be leading it. Um, but he will be talking a lot more about videos. So if you have questions that might be more specific for that, we'll definitely make note of them and maybe address them a little bit. But we might direct them to John tomorrow. Um, most platforms now offer video, so Instagram, you can post video. Uh, you can post up to one minute on Instagram, but then they've created IGTV. How many of you have ever used IGTV? Yeah, okay. Um, so what that is, and I'm actually going to, I didn't already have this pulled up, but I want to I wanna show you. Instagram.com. Wait. Yep, there it is. Okay, I knew it was a tab. So this is where you can post videos that are longer than 15 seconds. And I think they have to be shorter than, is it 15 minutes? I think so. Yeah, yeah. So there is a, a time range they want it to be in. Um, but basically, you can post videos here. And the good thing is you can share a preview to your posts on Instagram. So as you can see, these are intended to be vertical videos. They're intended to be viewed this way. So when they didn't allow horizontal videos, we ended up looking like this. These are, these are both sideways. However, Instagram recently made it possible to do a horizontal video, and now you just have the black space. So uh, for a while there, I would get really frustrated because I want to post a video, but I knew that person was going to have to flip their phone, and that's not the point of IGTV, unfortunately. So when we talk about frustrations and the things that social changing on social media, you've got people who have to create vertical content, horizontal content, Instagram is square, so sometimes it's hard to keep up with all the changing sizes, for sure. So yes, video is a big deal. Um, 
play from current slide and go back to the beginning. Um, one of the biggest platforms is YouTube. Um, that's one of the fastest growing social media sites. And it used to not be considered social media, uh, but now it's kind of under that social network category because people comment and can post for themselves and it's created a little bit of that engagement. And so now it is considered a social network. So one thing, and I referenced this, did you, oh, sorry. Um, I referenced this uh, with our stories that content doesn't always have to be nice and polished. It can be done on the fly a little bit. And that's where you're gonna see a lot of those videos like quickly done on Facebook, quickly done like live videos, um, quickly done on Instagram. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple other video ones. I know there are a couple of new video platforms that I don't recommend for different purposes, but that's where some of the, the youths are going now. Um, but uh, more often than not, videos are gonna be faster, uh, more authentic. Yeah, I think I have the phrase here, authenticity sells. If you've got a smartphone, you've already got a window into doing video content. So something else that we've seen a lot of in 2019 is employee advocacy. And how I would apply this here is congregation, your church staff, um, getting them to share your content. They are your biggest advocates on social networks. Um, more people on, the, okay, if people are on the internet, they're most likely on Facebook. Um, I believe the statistic was if they're on the internet, then 80% of those people will be on Facebook too. Um, so you can look at the demographics in your church. Um, if you've got young people, they're on some, they're on something, almost always. Um, if you've got um, millennials, they're probably on something too. Um, I know that my parents are on Facebook. Um, so you, your people are on social media somewhere. So you can engage them, you can use them, you can basically put them to work. The challenge is getting them to do it. <laughs> um, so when you ask people to share, it's gotta be something they care about sharing. Um, something that actually worked recently for my home church, we had a beast feast coming up. And so it was men's ministry. Um, but from the pulpit, our church, our pastor said, hey, we've got a Beast Feast coming up. It's going to be a missions um, fundraiser type thing. All the money's going to go to a youth mission trip in the future. Uh, we've got an event on Facebook. Go share it. And y'all, people were out the doors. And I think they were just, we were blown away by, by that. <laughs> um, and I can't attribute all of that to social media, but I like to think that it played a big part because the event got a lot of traction. It did. Um, and I saw a lot of people I was friends with from my church sharing it, sharing it, and it was getting a lot of attention. Um, so you can have the pastor, if you would be willing to do that, share it from the pulpit, but then you can also do things where um, you post to the Facebook page and you say, hey, we want our members to share this, let the community know, and actually do a call out for them to share. Um, when it comes to engagement, I like to do contests. So if you like and comment on this post, then you'll be entered to win swag, something, something church related, um, something cool. 
Um, so I like to do that. You can ask them to share, but unfortunately, if their privacy settings are not good, uh, well, okay, good's not the right word. If their privacy right. settings, yeah, if their privacy settings are private, meaning um, they don't want anyone to see what they share, then you can't keep up with who shared your post. You, you just can't. If their privacy settings are public, then yeah, you can say, oh, thank you for sharing, that's great. So when people share our content, if their settings are ideal, then I can go in and I can say, hey, thanks for sharing this upcoming event. Hope to see you there. And that lets them know that I appreciate them, you know? So there are a couple of different ways to do that. Um, something else, and one way to get people really engaged is to write stories about people they know or about them um, or to share quick stories. So if you've had, like, um, you've gone on a mission trip or you have um, done, you've had a youth group event um, with several salvations or you've got baptisms coming up, you know, posting and saying, hey, so-and-so from this, from our church is going to get baptized this week, show up and let's support them. More often than not, people will share that. Obviously, do it with permission. Get that person's permission for sure if you're mentioning names. Um, but that's one way to um, engage people. But that's on the rise for sure. So where should you be? Um, in the social media world, where should you live? Um, my recommendations are these three, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, YouTube because it's growing in popularity, but Facebook because most people are there. Regardless of what they say about Facebook aging, it is, but young people are still joining Facebook. Regardless of the reason, they're still joining Facebook. Instagram because uh, this is more of the, I like to think of it as more of a, an emotional connection because it's very visual. Um, so on Facebook, you know, you can share stories that quick, man, I went through the Starbucks and this guy like was in front of me. You know, you can share all kinds of stories. Um, on Facebook, you can post images, you can post videos, but Instagram is almost a little bit more niche because it has to be visual, right? Um, but a lot of young people are living there too. Um, I know my youth group, um, I teach freshmen, uh, they live on Instagram. They think it's hilarious that I, I teach about Facebook. And I'm like, y'all are killing me because I'm on Facebook. <laughs> but, um, so they're like Instagram and then YouTube. Um, I mean, I think I saw a video one time, they were asking um, millennials or young people, I think probably Generation Z, so after me, um, they were asking them how long they thought they could live without being on the internet. And so one girl was like, oh, I could go all day. And she's like, wait, does that include YouTube? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And she goes, oh, then I don't know. So uh, YouTube is, is a big thing. I know my, I have a cousin who's 11 now, and he loves YouTube. It is amazing the facts that he will spout back to me. So if they just happen upon like a video, like a sermon or a devotion or just a quick, hey, you know, we're here getting ready for this event. And you post that to YouTube. I mean, there's no telling what kind of engagement or people or your ministry, what kind of exposure your ministry will get. Are there any statistics on how much your online presence translates to people showing up at your church? It's hard to measure without doing a survey. Um, 
I have done something before, like I could go around this room and ask, how did you hear about Go Georgia? And without knowing that information, it would be really hard to measure. So there isn't anybody out there like Facebook or somebody who's not spouting their statistics? Mm -mm. No, because it's very individual. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that would be very beneficial. <laughs> I would love to know that. Yeah. I can, I can be, our church, we have a fall festival like most churches do, and that's one of the questions we always ask on our registration cards is how did you hear? And say we had, I'm just, I'm using not hypothetical, but like round numbers. Say we had 50 families, 28 of them were word of mouth, 20, 20 of them were social media. Hmm. So, I mean, it was, it was borderline, over, you know, half. So we pretty much need our own survey if we want to find out how effective our, our work mm -hmm. is. Yeah, because you can see those numbers on Facebook of how many people you have been reached. So you can measure in that way and say, well, this many people saw my content, but without knowing how many actually showed up. Yeah. And it's a marathon. It's not free. Mm. You'll see those results long-term quicker than you Oh, yeah. Yeah. Typically, they do say when you change a strategy on social media, don't look next week and expect to see the results. It could take six months to see what you were hoping to accomplish six months ago. So social media is definitely a marathon, for sure. Even though it's super fast-paced, it's crazy to think about, but we have conversation right now, but there's conversation happening there mm -hmm. in the social realm. You, you want to be a part of that conversation. Yeah. You want to be a part of that group. You want to mm -hmm. socialize them. Absolutely. You can't be always trying to sell them or invite them to something. You right. You've got to be a part of that world. Mm -hmm. And that gets you, if you don't ever get any engagement, you're not going to show up on their feed. Right. So right. You gotta, it's, it's time consuming. It is time consuming. And uh, one thing, just rule of thumb on a Facebook page, uh, likes are good, like reactions, like someone likes your post. Comments are better uh, because people comment and then it'll show up on their friend stuff to say, hey, so-and-so commented on this. Shares are the best because that means people cared enough about your content to tell their friends about it and share it themselves. So just in terms of scale, that, that would be the goal is to create content people want to share and unfortunately a lot of times especially on Facebook you share you'll you will see that content that's shared is more often that sometimes heart-wrenching content like the shootings you know um, we got a lot of traffic on our, a post just asking people to pray for the victims and the, um, the people who were healing and the families and all of that um, so we see a lot of engagement on those kinds of posts, but it's that emotional connection. So if your post lacks that, you're not gonna see as, as much engagement. Um, but also the feel-good stories. Um, I know when we do the Christmas Backpacks Initiative, you know, John produced a video um, and it had a little boy sharing about his backpack and that got so much traffic because it was just heart touching. It's something people are like, just, just look at this. You know, look, look at the good that's happening. So those kinds of things. So when I say, I know stories is also a term for ephemeral content, um, but tell those stories, that real engaging stuff on your page and you'll see more engagement. So I also said, what don't you need to worry about? 
Don't worry about Twitter. Don't worry about Snapchat. Um, one reason I say don't worry about Twitter is because it's actually stagnant. It's not growing. In fact, the past couple of years, it's done this. So it'll gain and then it'll lose and it'll gain and it'll lose. And it's normally, it tends to line up with when they have reformatted their Twitter page, like how it looks. Um, but Twitter, I have found, is not good for our purposes. You know, we want to offer some training. We want to engage with people. We want to let people know about events. Twitter, it, it just doesn't offer a lot of engagement for us. So I step back from that and I say, well, I don't, I don't know how much good it does for churches either. Um, I know for my church, we can post, we can tweet quotes from the pastor and it might get a like or two, um, but just a like or two is not the engagement you really want to see, you know? So we have an account, we have a presence, um, but it's more just to have the presence. Um, the, it, it's not my priority, I'll tell you right now, it's not. And Snapchat is one of those, Snapchat, <laughs> it is um, where a lot of youth live, I'll say that. Um, but I have not found a good way to use it um, to engage with people because that content is so temporary. Um, one idea I had was to just use the stories and post our story, um, but then you've got to get people to, to follow you. You've got to be friends with people, and it just was, it was a little bit more time consuming than I wanted to focus on. So if you're going to have social media, do these. That's my recommendation there. Um, do you have any questions based on that? Now I'm gonna move on to see what questions you do have. Um, and I don't know, were any of y'all able to do the minty thing? They told me the, the uh, code wasn't good. Oh, stink, all right. <laughs> Technology, what are you gonna do? Um, so let's go ahead and see um, what questions you might have. And I'm actually gonna navigate back here to our, where am I going, sorry. Communications Ministry page here. Uh, da, da. Okay. What questions do y'all have? I've got yes. a couple. Way back in the day when I was in college taking advertising marketing classes, which mm -hmm. is what social media is, is you know, less was better. Mm -hmm. You didn't want to didn't want too much information, you just wanted to get it out there. Is that still the same? Because you know, I look at some people's Facebook posts, and I'm like, I get bored after reading those mm. five lines and I've checked mm -hmm. out. So what, what is your thoughts on that? Um, I would say less is more, simpler is better. Um, if you have a visual, that's great. Um, to a company like text, um, because just text, it gets the least amount of engagement. Unless it's, I mean, just like a, just this brilliant statement, or more often than not, it's something that people are can't believe they said that, you know, to get that reaction. So you want a visual, um, but yes, less is more. Um, I think the best social media strategies are not, well, let's just po post constantly because then we'll be seen more. Um, in fact, Instagram will actually, it's amazing, Facebook and Instagram obviously owned by the same company, right? Um, Instagram will actually uh, 
downgrade, downrank your account and your post if you post too often without the engagement happening. So the next time you post, you're, you're already at a disadvantage because you've done it too much. Um, Twitter obviously doesn't care about that because a tweet's life is like 18 minutes long. So you could post every 18 minutes. You might annoy some other person, but Twitter doesn't care. Um, so yeah, I say very intentional content is always better. So let me, can I, I'm going to split in here, but like, when mm -hmm. you say less is more, mm -hmm. so is that like two sentences? Is that four sentences? Because mm -hmm. like, we have people in our church that they don't get, they don't get, I mean, it's like three paragraphs. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, less is more, but for them, less may be a paragraph and a half. Mm -hmm. But for me, that's still too long because I'm like, you have done checked out after three sentences. I think it depends on what you're posting. Um, I think if you're describing an event, less is more because it should link back to something else like a registration or the actual Facebook event where they can get more information. However, if you want to use Facebook to tell stories or to do a devotion or something like that, that see more button that shows up after the post is a little bit longer is not a bad thing because if your opening is good, then people will click that see more. And that's engagement. And that's engagement. Yeah, so it really depends on the content. Mm -hmm. I, post a, I post a devotion every week. Mm -hmm. I try to tie it into my time in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And if I can't do that, I've noticed, because I should always start off my life on submarine ball a lot. And if I do that, I will get a lot more views mm -hmm. on that. If I can mm -hmm. start it off by going to uh, start devotion off with, you know, something biblical, mm -hmm. I don't do near as much. I tell the same yeah. story, mm. but if I start off with something that just grabs the mm -hmm. attention, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, some compelling sentence or two, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that soon applies to video. Mm. If you have a video that, mm -hmm. posts, and a lot of times you'll see the real punch of the story is in the first five seconds, and you don't mm -hmm. even know what the context is, and the rest of the video is giving context to that punch. Mm. I mean, Facebook. When you look at video statistics, more people watch the first five to ten seconds. Facebook will give you statistics on 10 second views. They'll tell you how many people did that much. So that tells you that's where people are living. It's that first oh, well, I think, 10 seconds. I think some of that is some people's feed automatically plays. Yeah, yeah. They do, they do. Mm -hmm. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, does YouTube do the first three? Um, it's, I thought it was shorter than Facebook. But they both do the same kind of counts on that first look. I, I know just in my history, like mm -hmm. I was doing this the other night because I was trying to find a video to show my wife mm -hmm. uh, from uh, Trey uh, Kennedy. Oh, okay. And uh, if you don't know Trey, you should watch Trey Kennedy. Yep. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, but I had not watched any mm -hmm. videos, but when I was scrolling up, I'd stop and it would catch like three, three seconds. I see that view. And they were in my history, so I had to get ah. like 10 videos back. You were not watching them. Probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You had a question? I did about YouTube. I, I noticed anytime I open YouTube, it mm -hmm. advertises YouTube Red. Mm. And a lot of times when I'm looking at something on YouTube, I'm in the middle of looking at something, and then a commercial, an ad for something will come mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. So is there an advantage to YouTube Red, and is there a way to disengage it from always coming up and also from keeping the ads from popping in on what you're watching on YouTube? 
Uh, I believe YouTube Red is that subscription? It's subscription. It's yeah. yeah, they're they're trying to push everybody to get to a paid mm -hmm. subscription to avoid ads. So mm -hmm. they're going to get their money one way or another. Mm -hmm. When yeah. you post content, you can tell it on the YouTube Creator dashboard. You can tell it you don't want it to monetize, and if you do that, then it will hopefully <laughs> uh, <laughs> cut out any ads ever, even their ads. So, but another way to do that as well is to not have it as a public video if it's not something you need the public to come onto. But if you can send a link out to people. Um, through other means like email or Facebook or whatever, then it's a private video. The world can't stumble upon it, but you can still get your video hosted there and they won't pollute it with that. Have any other questions? So, what are your roles with social media? Like, what brought you to this session? Okay. Yeah. I was talking with yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was talking with John the other day, and he made the comment: "The second we're on it, they're out of it." You know. Mm -hmm. So that leads to the So you're talking about YouTube, and I mean, I know they live on YouTube, mm -hmm. looking at everything. But if I if I wanted to send out, if I make a Video inviting to something. You just slip that off to YouTube and hope for the best, or I would. Or is it that? I mean, you just said Andrew before by sending a link, but mm. I would. I don't have a link. All over mm -hmm. I would encourage you to have maybe a channel that they can follow, um, because then they would know that that video is going to be there. Um, it's almost like an Instagram account. Um, my student ministry uses the Instagram account and they use stories to put event information up. So like, see you tonight at 6, if you bring a friend you might get a free Coke or something like that. Um, so we put a lot of our advertisements in that, in that world, but we use Instagram more for them. So that's where they are too. And I would use your students instead of yourself. Mm. And if you have your students on camera, say under whatever, you know, sure. they'll share it. You know. I've done that. <laughs> Part of the what are the liability issues of videotaping the students and putting There's not liability if they sign off and the yes. parents sign off. So have the, someone over 18 approve of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and you know most folks are going to be pretty trusting that you're not going to have any weird things going on. There are kids obviously that have custody issues and things like that. But they come in the factor and so you might want to make mm -hmm. sure that you listen on whatever release you put together. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah. Uh, yeah. Kids just do it on their own without any prompting from me. Am I I'm clear on that, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And if I they had do some that said you do this and mm -hmm. then I think your church to it, maybe maybe not. Yeah. yeah, you gotta be careful when you're, if they go and they snatch your logo off the internet and stick it on their video, yeah. or any of those kind of things that would, you know, legally might make it look like, yeah. you, know, you gotta cover your rear end on that. <laughs> <laughs> I've not mm -hmm. had that such thing, but I've had them like, maybe they're in our building, or maybe they're at school, and they say, hey, can we do a thing to announce? 
Um, they have a couple that specifically <coughs> said their kids couldn't be used, and we had to constantly screen every yeah. pan shot, pullback shot, mm -hmm. to make sure their child was not visible at all. Mm -hmm. yes. yeah. Everything in VBS, we had to go through That's every picture what I was thinking one of. at a time we did too. and make mm -hmm. sure their child was never in a picture, mm -hmm. even for displaying it within our church. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't even let it go up in, in house. Right. So. Mm -hmm. I think they yeah. want witness protection, to be honest with you. But <laughs> yeah, and I do, I've told some of the students, we went on a, a camping trip, um, well, it was to a camp, sorry, summer camp, um, and one of our students, her, her dad did not want her in any pictures, um, so she just knew if we were taking a picture, she stepped off, and she kind of took care of it herself, but I knew for those candids, and more often than not, she saw me standing there, <laughs> you know, and she would kind of dive a little bit, but... Um, yeah, we had the same the same thing with our BBS too. Mm -hmm. And I, what I would recommend for Instagram, um, hashtags are a big deal. Um, so if they do post something on Instagram, encourage them to, you can even say, hey, come up with a really cool hashtag, make sure it's unique and the, you know, post it. Um, like for Go Georgia, it's Go Georgia 19. It's unique, um, it may not be snazzy, but it's there, you know. Um, and then that way, if you guys were ever to post something on Instagram, I would see it and I would be able to like it as the mission board page. Um, so that's one way to use hashtags too. And Instagram lets you follow hashtags. So I think that's really cool. Do you know what I mean by that? Okay, great. So what other, what other things do you do for your, for your church or your ministry? We did the hashtag on a mission trip. Okay. Everybody has a million pictures. Mm -hmm. And how do you share all those? Can, can I have that? We just right. hashtag everything and then mm -hmm. everybody has an option to see what everybody else mm -hmm. took. Yeah, that's great. Um, I know we also have Facebook groups. Like I think someone created a Facebook group for the Guatemala mission trip they did like a year or two ago. And every now and then it was almost like an alumni thing too because they could post and say, hey, you remember when we did this? We should go back, you know. and. Um, so that's kind of cool too, it's part of that engagement, but that let them share all the pictures, parents could go in and could see and say, okay, well that's my kid, you know. Um, so that's one way for them to keep up too. That's a great idea. Another thing, if it's, if you move fast, you gotta move fast, because YouTube trends can move like lightning. Mm. But when you get on YouTube, you can see what's trending, and mm. it'll tell you what videos everybody's watching. So if you take the titles of those and you pull some of those keywords out, for example, I just looked up what's trending at the moment. I want every prize at a theme park is trending. Okay. So if you put that in your description, you may not have won every prize at a theme park, but you could be a Bible study this Wednesday. Hey. It's gonna the algorithms mm -hmm. are gonna go, hey, what, what's this? Is this what you know? Mm -hmm. So and also these particular uh, YouTubers that do these things, like Mr. Beast, whoever that is. Uh, um, Taylor Swift's video is huge right now. Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin puts the stunner on spicy wings. I mean, you just gotta took, look at it, find a way to reshuffle it for your purposes, and you'll get a lot more traffic. Now, you may get traffic mm -hmm. from China, you know, or, yeah. which would be great in some cases. Yeah. Yeah. You might get traffic from Wisconsin, but mm -hmm. uh, it's chances of you getting viral traffic or a lot. Yeah, I like to call that newsjacking. Um, so that's actually like a journalistic term. My background's in journalism. So what I did um, back on July 17th, it was World Emoji Day. 
So one thing that we did was take pictures of our people mimicking emojis and posted that. And we got a ton of engagement just because we were acting silly, but it showed we're real people, you know, we're, we're working, but we're real people, you know, um, so we can have fun too. But using that hashtag World Emoji Day got us some more exposure and we got several new followers because of that on Instagram and Facebook. So um, I like to look up the, the days like that, kind of like, um, like, you know, March is Women's History Month. So you could do, um, you know, highlight women leaders in your church. You could do that. And you could do that through your Facebook or your Instagram. You could do a video about that. Um, you know, there are, there are different things that you could look at to kind of be trend, trendy. Um, and that's something that you can plan for, looking out ahead if you have a calendar. So what other things do you do? What kind of accounts do you have? Like, what social media do you have? Okay. Great. I like it. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, the younger people are on other stuff. Yeah. But for our purposes, right. that's not necessarily a conversation we need to worry about being Mm-hmm. Right, right. So definitely evaluating what, what's going to accomplish what you need to accomplish. I think there used to be a mentality, oh, it exists, we need to be on it. And that's just, it's impossible to be on, well, I guess it's possible to be on everything, but you can't do everything well. So that's that's a good point. Mm-hmm. The only one we, we don't have, uh, I mean, as a church, we don't have mm-hmm. Instagram. Okay. So we've got YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Okay. How's your Twitter? You know? Um, I, I'm, I'm a pastor at my church, so, like, we need jobs that I've got. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, had, yeah. It's really, we had a really good, we got a really good guy, really tech guy, does videos, he's produced, one of me, all this kind of jazz. Wow. So, um, we were trying to get stuff going, and then he was like, hey, I set up a Twitter page. Let's run it. Great. He's like, by the way, I'm starting a new film. <laughs> so I probably haven't posted anything on like three months. Okay. But we didn't really, not a lot of our people were already on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. And so I don't know if I will go back to it. Mm-hmm. Just because, and even the followers, like he had a ton of followers on his Twitter page. Right, kind of like a personal one. Yeah, for yeah. his studio. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of his Twitter followers became ours. I see. But we never had any engagement. Gotcha. And so it was mm-hmm. like a waste of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When our, yeah. our member group is more on Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, you know. mm-hmm. But that's the reason for you guys to go to why we're here. One of the reasons I'm in here is because this is one of the things we've got to get better at. Mm-hmm. It's okay. the whole technology, website, social media, all of that. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, so mm-hmm. I did have a question. Yeah, me. go for it. So I used to use, back when I did Twitter and student issue, I used TweetDeck. Yeah. Because I could yeah. dual post mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Is there anything like that, that? Yes. And I will be happy to show you what we use. Um, we use something called Buffer. And I like Buffer um, because it's one of the cheapest and dynamic platforms. Um, This is basically a scheduler. So you can see, and I I think it's a little blurry, um, but that's okay. Um, So you can see we have a bunch of different accounts in here. Um, 
we have the plan that we have now actually has gone away um, but the equivalent allows you to have 10 accounts linked to it and I believe we pay about $10 a month um, but there is a free version that allows three accounts so that's that's an option too but basically what you can do is actually decide you know um, my Facebook statistics show me that most of my people look at my content at 9 at night so I can say on buffer okay so for Facebook I need to have a post go out at 9 o'clock on these nights so you can go ahead and set up your schedule when you want posts to hit and then as well Twitter is empty right now but there we go Facebook has some content like, I know I'll put content in there um, so this is basically what it looks like um, when you're writing the post you basically write it you can add a link and it'll pull up the link in the description here and then you just hit save and it'll post it so that one's going to post tomorrow at 8 p.m. and I don't have to touch it I don't have to worry about it it's going to post for me and then I can look and see how it did later so I use buffer because you can link uh, Instagram Facebook Twitter LinkedIn you can link a Facebook group and that means when you post through that though you can only post as yourself um, you can't post as like a page so that's a drawback because um, groups do let you, like I could post in our communications ministry group as the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, um, but I don't, I don't know how big of a drawback that is. And a cool thing is you say, okay, well, I want this to go on every platform that I have. So when you click in here, you can select, okay, I want Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And I can type, this is a test, add a link.net, GoGeorgia.net, look at that, and then it's going to say customize for each network. So when you click that, you see two of these have little exclamation points. I don't know how well you can see that, but it's like, like an alert, like, hey, check this out, there's a problem. So for Twitter, it doesn't automatically pull images, so it's going to say, hey, if you want an image, you need to go and you need to edit this. So I can pick one of the suggested images. Okay. That was easy. Now on Instagram, it's gonna say, well, which image do you wanna use? And I can say, okay, I wanna promote the breakout session tonight. Great. And then I hit add to queue, and it'll automatically schedule the next slot for that social media platform. And then I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> so if you have multiple accounts, I recommend something like this. There are alternatives. You can look at Hootsuite. Uh, you can look at TweetDeck was one, um, but I feel like that one was more friendly to Twitter, for sure. Um, another one that I like, but I just cannot justify the cost, is Sprout Social. Um, that one's really cool because it gives you a ton of analytics. You can say, okay, well, I want to know what the churches around me are doing. I'm, I want Sprout Social to tell me how those accounts are doing. It'll do it for you. It'll keep up with them, and you can see what their best posts are, so you can see how good you're doing compared to them. But it is expensive. It's pricey. You have to pay per person. Like, if you have a team of people, you have to pay per person. And it's, it's just, it's expensive. Yeah. Um, one thing to keep in mind when you're using these, though, is Facebook has its own native 
It's effective. I've used Hootsuite. I'm going to check out both of But your stuff can get suppressed in the feeds because it's not in their native language. So you may not show up as much when you use a phone like that as if you were posted. They would rather you go and spend the time in their world and post from them. However, who has enough time? I mean, mm -hmm. all of us are. Yes, I agree with that. And especially on Instagram, because just like Facebook, it's released its own version, own algorithm, um, because it wants engagement. So when you post something, it expects you not to go back in and edit that post. Otherwise, it's just not going to show it to your followers. It just won't. Um, because it's it's almost punishing you for making a typo. <laughs> so you're better off deleting it and trying to repost. Um, even though some people say that's a like a bad practice too, but how's it how could it be a bad practice? So ignore that. Um, they also say for Instagram that you need to spend 10 minutes after you post scrolling because you're engaging. So you need to scroll, like, and comment. And a comment should be more than four words because then it's a quality comment. Just emojis are not good. And I love emojis. <laughs> so I post, you know, little hearts, a little kissy face, or like the excited one. I've used that a lot today. I'm um, saying we're excited about Go Georgia. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, when you first post on Instagram, it's only going to show it to 10% of your followers. And if that 10% thinks that it's good and they like it, then the rest of your people will see it. So Instagram has its, has its own algorithm too. So it's a lot like Facebook. So for sure what, what you're talking about, definitely see that on Instagram a lot. So when I know a post is going out through Buffer on Instagram, I try to go ahead and be on Instagram so when it posts I can be active, but that defeats the purpose a little bit. Um, yeah, it just, <laughs> yeah, so much for saving time in that regard for sure. Keep it out there. That's a good tool. Yes. Yeah. If you just need it to be active, for sure, um, it helps you stay active, um, and then it also prevents you from being like connected. Where did my buffer go? Constantly connected to the computer, for sure. Because you know I can look and say I've already got posts scheduled, and I know we're doing an emphasis for the annual meeting. We have a prayer guide that goes out every Thursday. Can schedule that sucker out through the annual meeting and I don't have to stay at 10 a.m. on Thursday I have to be on my phone or at a computer to post this picture because I took uh, part of a day and I scheduled it all and Buffer does it for me so that that is a benefit for sure yes and I noticed I think I said something incorrectly um, I don't see the free they do a free trial um, I guess they no longer do the free version where you get the three accounts. Um, so it looks like they've increased to $15 a month for new accounts. Um, but you get up to eight social accounts um, and one user. I don't know why they think you're not all just going to log in as the same person. I, I don't know. What, you know, I, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, so that doesn't bother me too much. 
but they have gone up. You can also do the annual billing. That's a little cheaper if you do the annual. Hmm. Yeah, it looks like the plan that we have, because we've had buffer for maybe five years now. So I guess the plan is just no longer there. Okay. So what other questions do you have? We've got a couple more minutes. Anything you think of? I do encourage you um, to look at the rest of our sessions. The, uh, tonight, uh, Barry Dollar will be teaching about some web stuff. Um, so he's going to look at some free web tools. Um, so definitely take advantage of that. Um, I've plugged John's session tomorrow morning, um, and as you can see, he's very knowledgeable. He's already, you know, helped and contributed here. Um, and then the fourth session, um, I don't know if you know Alan Smith uh, from Columbus, but he will be talking about design. And he's going to be talking about a tool that I probably would have talked about because it is one of my best friends for the job that I do. Um, it's called Canva and it's a design tool and it's so easy to use. So he'll be talking about that one. So I do encourage you to... Um, Canva is the fourth breakout session. So tomorrow... Yes, we will all be in this room. He is at 1.30. And also go like our Facebook Yes, this. It's on our Facebook group. So it's just called Communications Ministry. And uh, we have people ask questions. So some of the questions like you've asked today, you could say, well, what schedulers do you guys use? And you've got other people who will comment back. But we see that too, so we can comment. Um, I, I do think, you know, there are people who are experts on topics. But then I think we get a lot of good ideas from each other too. And so I think... Um, this has been beneficial for me um, because I've seen, so talking about social media coming to life a little bit and entering real life, last year I had met people through the Facebook group and they came to go Georgia and I met them in person. I was like, oh, you always comment, you know, like you ask these questions. And so that's really, I think they're going to next week in Statesboro, so I'll see them there. Um, but it's cool because we, we made a relationship out of that, but it started here. Um, so that's just one example and why I pushed Facebook groups so much. But I definitely encourage you to join that. Um, it's just facebook.com slash groups slash communications ministry. So it's long, but it'll get you there. Or you can go to our page, like our page, and then go to groups, and you'll see it there too. That's a good source of graphics. Yeah. Um, uh, so it would be what I was actually recommending, um, what Alan Smith will be talking about tomorrow, but I'll give you a preview. It's called Canva.com, and so he's going to be talking a lot more in depth about this. This is free. It is free. Um, but you, it, as you can see, you've got anything from print to posters to Instagram stories to Instagram posts to Facebook posts, Facebook covers. It's already sized it for you. All you got to do is click on it, design it, download it, publish it. Actually, you can also publish it straight from Canva, so that's an option too. Um, so just for an example, I'll show you. 
Mary's going to have a yellow pages for Yes, and he mentions Canva too, so you'll get a preview of it there too. Um, just for an example of a project that I did, um, I took our kind of our mottos, um, our mission statements, and I put them here. I chose a background image from over here. I chose a color to overlay. I chose the text, and I threw our logo up there and did it. That did, and it took very the little time. The background picture was that part of Canvas. Yep. Um, gallery, not your own personal gallery. Right. Mm -hmm. So they they use um, images here, as you can see. Um, and if you want to make sure they're free and you don't have to pay for them, there's a free option. And you see everything that's free there. Mm -hmm. Like I said, they'll definitely be going into that a little bit more. Another great tool is Adobe Spark. Yes, that's a great one. They have three options on posts, so it's this kind of thing. One is it's also videos and websites, landing pages. It's all free. You can take off the branding if you want to. But Adobe Spark, and I think it's spark.adobe.com. Then they also have apps that are free. And if you are interested, uh, we have a blog post on our website that John actually did. He did a walkthrough for Adobe Spark. Um, so I called it Kindle Your Creativity with Adobe Spark. And um, it, he basically walks through it and gives you a really good overview. And I actually have a post about Canva on there too. So we've got some tools there. Um, but we share these posts into our Facebook group as well. We were in the days of Photoshop, and then, you know, it's so much more complicated than you think. Yeah, I use Photoshop for some things. Um, normally, it's the higher resolution ones. Um, man, I think it depends on how how long, how much time I have, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I used to race yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think if I need to do a lot of color changes or I need to give it some treatment, I I go through Photoshop. Um, but I but I actually use this more often. There's a program out there that's free. It's called GIMP. Mm. It's a Photoshop clone. I have not heard of that yeah. one. I have used it. It's free. It is, but it's a learning curve. Yeah, it's oh. a learning curve. Okay. okay. They've got like a ton of brushes you can add for free. Kind of cool. Okay. Do you, do you have any thoughts on word swag? Word swag. It's a. I got it. I don't. I don't even know if it's on. Hmm. My wife told me about it. I need to look at it. I have not heard of that it's, one. It sort of does what Canva does. Mm -hmm. But it's maybe a little less. Having never used that, but it looks a little more. They don't have as much. Oh, it looks a little bit more straight. Okay. Yeah. I see that. It's it's a pretty cool one. It's easy. Mm -hmm. um, you can. My wife has a free version. Somehow yeah. I had to pay for it. But it was one oh. time. <laughs> She's a better shopper than you. Yeah, I guess. I don't know what happened. But That's you funny. use that a lot yeah. uh, for events. Mm. And they have stock photos or mm -hmm. you can them all Okay. That's great. Yeah, so that looks like another option. Canva also has a mobile app. Um, so I've used that one um, when I'm on the go and I need to do something quickly. Like if we had a snow day and I needed to say we're which is hard to imagine now right because middle of summer in Georgia um, and we were closing the building I need to make that really quick post that I did it from my phone um, 
Well, I think we're about out of time. So I thank you guys. Um, I thank you so much for your questions. Um, again, my name is Linda Wilkins. If you have any more questions, I'd be happy to give you my email address. Um, I'd be happy to answer anything you think of later. Um, but I'll be hanging around. Go Georgia. You'll see me with my phone. Do some social media stuff. Um, so feel free to stop me. Ask me anything. Um, I love conversations. So and I'm happy to help. So thank y'all. Yeah. Absolutely.